Welcome to this episode of the award-winning Best of the Left podcast. This is a sample of our recent bonus episode. Every couple of weeks or so, our crew of researchers, Amanda and myself, get together for a roundtable discussion. So here's a few minutes for free so you can see what all the fuss is about. I've been reading this book, Words Matter, that I want to keep referencing probably pretty frequently. And the lesson for today is about the difference between race or races and the idea of racialized groups as a much better phrase to describe the concept of race. And this is one of those things that I think is long overdue because we have known I mean, many people have known for a long time, and then I think it was maybe the 90s or something when we cracked the human genome that we knew scientifically that there is no such thing as race and it's total bullshit. But for decades since knowing that, we have still continued to talk about races as though they're true or as though they're real because in one sense they are they are real because we decide that they're real like money but to talk about race as a real thing without describing it in a way that makes that distinction is i think counterproductive and so i found that uh, a, a really interesting distinction to say that there is no such thing as race but there absolutely is such a thing as a racialized group and then I- even a step further than that is socially assigned racialized group, which is not what you actually are based on your heritage, but what people perceive a person to be. That's the race that is socially assigned or the racialization that is socially assigned. Does anyone have thoughts on that they want to jump in with? We're going to touch on this in a little while, but that is such an interesting way to frame it. I mean, it's the right way to frame it because you know, we're going to talk about this experience of a lady who was Jewish in the UK and who's from America and being a Jew in the UK versus being a Jew in America, I would imagine is like being black in America versus being black in Ghana. There's the context of what that means just changes depending on where you are, which means it isn't a real thing. It's situational, but we've decided it's very real. You know, Santa, Santa's real. We talk about Santa all the time, but (laughs) Santa's not real, but he is a real figure in our culture, just like race is. It's not real, but it's extremely real the way we talk about it. There's a couple of definitions that came out of this book that I, I think both are worth looking at and digesting the first is racialized groups are characterized by forms of experience they have undergone and a socio-historical identity that they possess because of the false attributions to them of innate bio-behavioral tendencies so that's that's the first is just sort of like straight flat describes sort of how racialized groups come into being as a sociological phenomenon. The next one adds an element to it, which I think is interesting. And it says, 
A group is racialized if and only if its members are socially positioned as subordinate or privileged along some dimension, economic, political, legal, social, etc., and the group is marked as a target for this treatment by observed or imagined bodily features presumed to be evidence of ancestral links to a certain geographical region. It's bringing in the concept of power as a necessary element for the racialization of groups. In other words, without there being a power disparity, a group is not racialized, is what this argument is claiming. My like first thought when reading that was that this sort of describes the inversion of the process of becoming white, where whiteness is thought of as the absence of race. So I was trying to think of what sort of power dynamics existed between racialized groups in the past and what are examples where groups aren't racialized. Mm -hmm. And I thought of the classic Irish and Italians who used to be racialized and there was a power dynamic involved. And yet they managed to acquire their white card and the power dynamics shifted at the same time. And so it's the, the process of becoming white was sort of the process of evening out that power imbalance. And so what this is describing is, is sort of highlighting that as the power imbalance is kind of why the ra racialization happens, which I had never thought of before. And that, that makes sense because with the Italian and Irish examples, that is specifically American because with the UK and the, the Jewish thing, it's the same with there's a racial animus towards Polish people and, you know, Southern Italians in the UK that doesn't exist here because the power dynamics are completely different in Europe than they are here because those are distinct groups there and they no longer are distinct groups here because of those power dynamics that, and it, and it changes place to place. I, I would imagine that that same scenario plays out in different ways everywhere. Yeah. I only learned about the racial elements of Italy, Northern versus Southern Italy. When I watched a documentary about Diego Maradona, <laughs> who was from Argentina, but he played in Italy and I just never been introduced to the racism that exists from the North to the South primarily. And that would never come up in the U.S. We would never think of, oh, so you're Italian, but wait, are you Northern yeah. Italian or Southern <laughs> before I decide what race you are? It, it wouldn't even cross an American's mind to think that. Is it colorism that plays into that mm -hmm. dynamic? Because I'm thinking like in Greece, they have the same uh, dichotomy where there's a lot of colorism that exists between different areas of Greece that I wouldn't have known about had it not been for our tour guide. <laughs> yeah. And part of it is there is a class thing going on, obviously, like more agricultural areas, more quote unquote provincial areas are seen differently than, you know, the big cities in the North. And so there's, there's elements of that as well, but certainly falls along color lines. Right. And 
this conversation is where we need to go, but it's so much more complicated and so much more nuanced than you're black, you're white, mm-hmm. you're a Jew, you're Irish, you're like just this easy label to stick on someone as opposed to you are from here. You were born with rich parents or poor parents, or you speak this language, you speak that language. You were born at this time. You were born this gender labeled this gender, whatever, you know, like there's so many different factors that go into it, that it is much easier to do the racialized identity thing Mm -hmm. than turn people into the complicated bucket of many different things that we all are. Yeah. And we like, as humans, I think we, as, as detrimental as it is, we like crave visual cues to tell us who someone else is. So like it, it kind of um, harkens back to, you know, probably the earliest humans where if you didn't look like the group that you were comfortable with and knew well, then that's a red flag, right? <laughs> but we haven't been able to shake that somehow in our modern world. Yeah, I mean, it seems like I, I, just responding to the idea of people craving a visual cue, I mean, whether visual or not, we crave simple answers. Mm -hmm. And like, we just desperately want to be able to categorize people so that we can think that we know something about them. And I think a large part of the discussion that is happening throughout the world about, I mean, representation is what we're going to dive into much more deeply in the second half here, is what a terrible way that is to try to understand people. And so the tension is, can't things be easy and can't we make assumptions about people using shortcuts versus no, you can't. Sorry. (laughs) You know, do more work. And so like, yeah. So the alternative isn't then, well, I guess I now have to learn, you know, what gender you were assigned at birth and exactly where you were born and that, you know, the whole list that Dion just went through, like, so that I can understand you. You could just not make assumptions and assume that, hey, I don't know about this person or I'll talk to them or I'll hear them describe themselves and then that's what I'll know about them. And you just have to be okay with not (laughs) jumping to conclusions. That seems like the easiest path. I I read this the other day and I didn't write it down, but it's, I can't remember who wrote it. None of us can read minds, but we all to some degree go through life acting like we can. And I think that's part of it. It's well, since I put this identity on you, I know this, all this about you, even though I don't even know what you're thinking about right now. How could I know the any workings of anybody, but it's easier to do the blanket, bucket, categorization of people. I have really had some transformative thoughts (laughs) in using they, their pronouns to describe people that I've never met. Mm. So I'm doing this also with animals and correcting myself if I use a gendered pronoun, I think is so translatable to other categories uh, because we do like race is an assumption generally. You don't necessarily ask people unless you're a uh, form for whatever reason that needs this information. (laughs) We don't generally just ask people sometimes. I mean, white people, am I right? But (laughs) (laughs) 
So I think in using ungendered pronouns for people I haven't met, it is very transferable into these other areas. And then it just leaves so many thoughts out of your head and also makes you see the person in front of you for just a person. Mm-hmm. I'm not bragging. I'm actually inviting people to join me in this adventure because <laughs> no, it is really hard. And I'm not saying like in saying that I do this, I'm not saying it's very easy. It is not because everything is gendered in our language and it's really hard. And you realize it a lot more when you stop. It's been a challenge, but a welcomed challenge, if you will. Mm-hmm. I like that. What I have been doing along those lines is realizing how absurd it is to make note of gender or race or a variety of other aspects when hearing a story because, you know, Oh, so I, I saw someone at the store and I actually saw them like steal something and run out the door. Well, wait, what kind of genitals did they have? (laughs) That would be ridiculous. But the way we would tell that story is I saw a man or a woman do this. Why? Like, why did we need to make note of that? And same with race, like <laughs> it just, it shouldn't be relevant. And when phrased in the reverse sounds absurd. My uh, best Thanksgiving story actually came in one of those moments where my mom is trying to tell a story and used race for no reason. And my stepdad, who is not someone that you would ever think would make this comment, just was like, I don't think race was relevant to that. <laughs> I mean, it was so just like subtle, yeah. easy going. But as soon as he said it, I was like, one, thank you. <laughs> but two, absolutely correct. It is yeah. not relevant, had nothing to do with the story. And we all need to humble ourselves when we get put into a situation where we're being called out and just sit with it for a moment because you know why you do it. It's a societal thing. It's not an individual. So don't get upset at yourself and think that you failed or what, you know, whatever negative thoughts end up intruding into you. That is it for today's free sample. Paying members are who make this entire show possible. And so these bonus episodes and the bonus clips that go in our regular episodes are all just to say thanks to them for their support. And we've been in a drought of advertisements on the show for a while now, which means we are all the more grateful for every single member who signs up. If you would like to be our newest member, you can sign up at bestoftheleft.com slash support or from right inside the Apple Podcast app. If you can't afford a membership, I offer financial hardship memberships. Just drop me an email and we'll get you all set up. As always, thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Mm-hmm.